0: Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now, welcome, integrative dietitian Ally Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally
1: Nourished podcast. You are listening to episode three sixty-three apple cider vinegar, miracle or meh? (laughs) We are going to be covering the benefits of apple cider vinegar, debunking some of the apple cider vinegar gummies and capsules out there. We'll tell you why you might want to add an apple cider vinegar shooter to your morning routine, talk about other ways to incorporate it and going through some of the really interesting research on apple cider vinegar.
2: Yes. So this food as medicine tool has been available for thousands of years. In fact, It's rumored that Hippocrates applied apple cider vinegar topically as an antimicrobial to support skin wounds. And we'll talk about some of the history, some of the, like Becky said, compelling research behind it. And I think by the end of today's episode, you're going to be puckering your lips every morning, starting with an (laughs) apple cider vinegar shooter, or at least keeping it more frequently used in your pantry. So we're excited to share all the info in today's episode. Before we jump into things, let's have some updates and then we'll have a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Yes. So in case you missed it, we just completed our second class of our live 12 week food as medicine ketosis program. And we allow you to join a little bit late all the way up through the third class, which will be on October 4th. So If you missed it and were thinking about joining, didn't have a chance, we actually archive the live videos within 24 hours of the class. So those go into your virtual classroom. You can very easily catch up with the videos and all of the materials and join us for class three through six live. Yes, so just a third of the way in, it's definitely
2: not too late to understand how your body can feel using fat as fuel. And if you haven't been able to get it together now that we are cruising through September, this is a great way to kind of put those barriers up, if you will, or have some structure and discipline and an actual protocol to implement to ensure that just within days of rocking your keto journey that you're going to be feeling that impact of balanced blood sugar level on your mood, on your energy, on your cognition and brain health, and starting to shed some of those undesirable pounds. So go on over to AllieMillerRD.com under events. We still have it under events. You can grab a spot in our live 12 week food is medicine ketosis class. We'd love to see you there and support you to have a strong
1: entrance and completion of fall feeling amazing in your body. All right. Before we get into today's topic, let's just have a word from our sponsor for this episode, Peak State Coffee.
2: Yes. So Peak State Coffee provides a low acid, clean, mold-free coffee bean that is also free of additives and chemicals, non-GMO, and is infused with lion's mane, reishi, and chaga. So these adaptogenic mushrooms serve to further enhance in combination with the coffee and antioxidants naturally present in coffee to further boost your brain, support your gut health, and balance your stress levels while still maintaining that true coffee flavor profile. I've tried a lot of alternatives out there and adaptogen blends, and a lot of them taste really mucky. They have an off texture, they're bitter, or they are just not a good replacement for your daily cup of joe well peak state coffee ensures that you're getting a quality bean to start with, and then they infuse that with 500 milligrams of a blend of these adaptogens. So for me, I found myself able to tolerate this on a digestive level, not having that acidity, creating a little bit of heartburn or reflux to start off my day, and also that balance of the adaptogens reducing the jitters that I otherwise experience on a neurological level. So when I drink peak state, I still get all of the nostalgia of my cup of coffee, especially as we're coming into fall. I love blending in things like a little bit of canned pumpkin and grass-fed butter, making a healthy pumpkin spice latte, and Peak State Coffee does that for you taking it next level where you can get whole infused beans that you grind your own. They also have some ground products and they have fantastic cold brew cans that I love to take on road trips. Going over to peakstatecoffee.com that's P E A K S T A T E C-O-F-F-E-E.com slash r d. When you use that URL or use Allie miller r d at checkout, you're going to get 20% off of your order. And like I said, you can check out their whole beans, their grinds, or their canned cold brew as fantastic, clean, low acid, chemical-free products that can give your brain that boost to start off your day and enhanced with some stress resilience.
1: Okay. Let's talk about apple cider vinegar. So for those who maybe aren't aware of how it's made, and this actually comes up a lot um, when I'm doing MRT tests with clients, they're always like, where's vinegar on the test? And I'm like, okay, let's think about what the vinegar is made from. And let's look at apple. And that's that inflammatory um, food test that we run. Let's look at apple and see if you can have apple cider vinegar. So apple cider vinegar comes from apples
2: surprise (laughs) or you know if we're looking at other vinegars like
1: champagne vinegar or balsamic
2: or red wine vinegar we'd be looking at the ingredient grape as the antigen compound. so like you said it Becky apple cider vinegar is made through fermenting the sugar that's naturally occurring in apples and through this fermentation process we're going to get acetic acid or that acidity which is the main active ingredient in the vinegar of the apple cider vinegar now as As I mentioned, the word fermentation, this is always something that when we're looking at health supporting benefits, we want to ensure that we're looking at a raw, unfiltered, and unprocessed product of apple cider vinegar to retain all of the live active enzymes and also some of that probacteria. So just like kombucha has that scoby of that symbiotic colony of organisms of yeast and bacteria, the ACV also will have what some labels like Braggs, apple cider vinegar, would have as the mother, if you will, that mother culture. And you want to look for again a product that is not going to be pasteurized or heated because that's going to kill off those live active compounds. So you get a double benefit and then we'll unpack today. Just the acetic acid influence from that source from
1: the apple has a lot of health supporting benefits as well. Totally. Um, so let's go into maybe first the antimicrobial properties. So you mentioned kind of that historical context of using vinegar to clean wounds, you know, thousands of years ago.
2: Yes. And you know, vinegar is a good delivery also for infusion or activation of other medicinal herbs and mm-hmm. compounds. So there's been vinegars used in medicine or medicinal delivery of compounds for, like I said, thousands of years. The apple cider vinegar itself can actually inhibit bacteria such as E. coli. We've also seen inhibition of Staphylococcus and even Candida albicans. So Candida albicans in that fungal yeast family we do see especially in the apple cider vinegar that is unfiltered and live active that Saccharomyces boulardii so another overlap to kind of that kombucha strain and this has unique antifungal compounds we've seen that apple cider vinegar in research has the ability to downregulate cytokines or those inflammatory compounds that our immune system makes when it's battling a bacteria or infection and that it also has the ability to downregulate microbial protein expression, uh, and this is why it's even used in some foods as a natural preservative to prevent bacteria growing in the food product.
1: Yep, and I would call out norovirus too as a, a big one that it's shown to have effects against in terms of um, food poisoning or foodborne illness, or you know that dreaded stomach bug that um, goes around around this time every yes. year. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and then beyond the antimicrobial impacts, I think a big area of focus that's being covered a lot. And I've seen even some, you know, little books coming out and whatnot about ACV miracle for blood sugar. Um, And there are actual blood sugar lowering impacts yes in
2: fact in historical context here we know that apple cider vinegar was used for diabetics prior to the invention of insulin in a pharmacological delivery so before we had that medication of individuals being able to take insulin to offset their blood sugar spikes they would do shooters, if you will, or direct delivery of apple cider vinegar. Uh, we also know that you know fasting was utilized, of course, with diabetics to regulate those elevated blood sugar controls. But we see even in up-to-date recent research studies, so there was a clinical trial done in 2019 where we saw that apple cider vinegar consumption had the impact of actually lowering fasting glucose, lowering fasting insulin, and the insulin resistance scoring. We see glycemic index and oxidative stress additionally being reduced in those that are dealing with diabetes
1: or dyslipidemia. And then I'll link another, um, 2021, more recent review. This one found that apple cider vinegar consumption significantly decreased serum total cholesterol also saw that, uh, fasting glucose decreased. We saw hemoglobin A1C that three month average of glucose also decreased significantly, um, in the study group who were using ACV for over eight weeks. So not a significant
2: timestamp to start to see these influencing factors. And I think what's more, you know, we just recently put out that updated episode on Ozempic or Govi and kind of thinking of how pharma tries to create these compounds that have Uh, benefits in the world of weight loss and blood sugar for sure. Well, what's interesting as well is that ACV also has some appetite suppression effects, uh, and there is influence with those hormones of ghrelin and lectin. In fact, we've seen in a research study that participants that consumed apple cider vinegar with a meal containing solid foods, uh, so they had at least some of that stretch receptor GLP impact, uh, they experienced appetite suppression for 120 minutes after the meal, and they snacked less for three to 24 hours after consuming the ACV. So there's definitely an impact that could further drive weight
1: loss results. And there was another clinical trial that I pulled in for this episode, an apple cider vinegar for weight loss. This was published in the journal of functional foods. And it actually found that supplementation of a daily dose of 30 milliliters of ACV caused 8.6 pounds of weight loss in 12 weeks. I don't know what other interventions or if that was the only intervention, but that's pretty significant. 8.6 pounds.
2: Yeah. And five mls, is that correct? Is a teaspoon. Isn't that correct? Yes, I believe so. And so really, if you're thinking about that, that would be five teaspoons, six teaspoons, technically uh, to get that 30 milliliters, which would be two tablespoons. Mm -hmm. And that's the exact amount that we recommend when we're talking about doing an ACV shooter or, um, you know, just basically taking a balance of that one-to-one ratio of two tablespoons of the raw apple cider vinegar
1: with two tablespoons of water. Yep. Um, And then beyond that, we've also seen improved cholesterol markers. So I mentioned a reduction of total cholesterol, um, but we also see benefit on increasing levels of HDL, decreasing levels of both LDL and triglycerides with the use of apple cider vinegar. Awesome. And then another study that
2: came out in 2021 that found that ACV can benefit by reducing total cholesterol levels. And I will say that also what's unique when we're connecting the liver to this story, uh, you know, the liver is the the gland that makes cholesterol. Well, the liver is also the gland, mind you, that regulates blood sugar control, right? Because the liver is going to make glucose. If we have glucagon values going up, which is that hormone by the pancreas that responds to... low blood sugar, so when we're talking about gluconeogenesis or that production of glucose without consumption of carbs, managing your liver is a really good way to ensure that we're balancing blood sugar. And cholesterol and also having a role on digestive health but I know in the world of non-alcoholic fatty liver and individuals that have elevated ALT or AST enzymes that would be found in a comprehensive metabolic panel that we've also seen clinically the apple cider vinegar's ability to regulate or bring down these elevated liver enzymes so there's some mechanism for certain probably with the bile flow drive that we get from that ACV the acetic acid Itself offsetting that oxidative stress to the body, um, but really fantastic tool for non-alcoholic fatty liver or any form, really, of
1: inflamed or fatty liver. For that, I would say totally. And and we often talk to, um, especially in context of our keto program, about how supporting detox actually helps with ketone production. Yes. Um, And oftentimes our intervention is you know adding a detox pack, and we do see improvement of ketone production with that. But I wonder too, if just doing an apple cider vinegar shooter might do it or, you know, both of those things contributing.
2: Yes. Uh, So we'll go last benefit. And then I want to talk about, because I think it's kind of interesting to make sure we cover, does apple cider vinegar break your fast? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think that that's something that's probably coming up with a lot of you that are thinking about how to apply this into your day. Uh, And we'll kind of reiterate again how you could do this, what time of day would be best. But the last benefit I want to make sure we cover thoroughly is digestion. So this is really for me as a functional medicine practitioner, and as I was learning about food as medicine, When I learned about apple cider vinegar, this was used really as an inoculator or something to support live active bacteria in a fermented product. Uh, And so that was a tool that we would use to provide those live active enzymes and probiotics. Uh, but I also learned about it very early on when we were talking about natural remedies for GERD or heartburn or reflux and the learning or the influence there was that we would use apple cider vinegar to implement what's called a hydrochloric acid challenge or a challenge where we're actually looking to rev up someone's stomach juices or that acidity in that gastric pouch, if you will, so that they're not getting that regurg or that backlash of acidity coming into the digestive system following food consumption and you know a lot of people out there that go on a PPI like Nexium or Protonix often are starting at too low of a acidic baseline or too high of a pH. Uh, We're supposed to have a pH of one to two in that gastric pouch. And that plays a role with activating, for instance, pepsinogen or the enzymes that are necessary to break down protein containing foods. We know we need that acidity for our intrinsic factor, which plays a huge role with absorption and utilization of vitamin B12. And so especially as a raw vegan, uh, you know, we were really heavy on using apple cider vinegar For those individuals that were especially relying on legumes for their proteins, maybe, um, or maybe were running lower in that B12. And we would run these hydrochloric acid challenges where you would take a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, and you would rev up by increasing your tablespoons all the way up to four, and then multiple times throughout the day to try to reset that stomach acidity, if you will. Now, I will say what's not a match for this is someone that actually has a diagnosis of gastritis or has been diagnosed with, of course, Barrett's esophagitis, uh, or if you say esophagitis, either way, if we're looking at inflammation or ulceration in the esophagus or in the stomach, then revving up this acidity before you repair that open wound of tissue may not be optimal But again, like we just covered, it also can aid in wound recovery and ensuring that there isn't bacterial infection. So, you know, when we're worried about people like having H. pylori or SIBO. In conjunction with some of these conditions, I would say just getting them on the GI lining support to make sure that they have that L-glutamine and aloe and DGL to coat and repair the inflamed tissue, but still getting that digestive juice optimized is going to be necessary to prevent infection or dysbiosis, bacterial imbalance, and further driving the IBS-like symptoms. Yep. So if you're doing
1: an ACV shooter and it like really hurts or burns and you don't have a diagnosis of, you know, gastritis or or ulcers, that might be kind of a clue that there's some of that going on. Um and maybe you do the GI lining support for like a good two weeks yes. prior and then layer back on mm-hmm. the ACV and see how you do with it. Um, I think that's a really good point just to <laughs> drive home that works well for most people. And most people who have reflux, indigestion, heartburn are actually dealing with, you know, too low stomach acidity, but there's the occasional kind of outlier where there is ulcer or gastritis. Yes. And yeah. that could only be diagnosed through
2: an upper endoscopy right. yep. where they're taking a scope or a camera down your esophagus. And so if unknown, it would be more uh, preventative or proactive to do that GI lining support in advance. Uh, so just feel for thought if you're dealing with pretty significant heartburn or reflux but it can play a way with actually resolving versus just putting that band-aid on the volcano and we can link our youtube video where we talk all about heartburn reflux and natural remedies now for anyone else we can see that using apple cider vinegar Either way can support, like I said, satiety and appetite regulation, but also can actually enhance digestive function and the absorption of nutrients at meals because you're getting those live active enzymes, and uh, these can help to break down our food particles that we're better able to assimilate or use the nutrients from our food. We also know that by driving bile from the liver, that this could be supportive if you have gallbladder stagnation uh, or sluggish gallbladder, or on the other hand of the spectrum, if you had to have your gallbladder removed using apple cider vinegar can be a great way to ensure that you're optimizing your bile flow since you don't have that
1: bile storage tank. Yes, totally. Um, and then we'll also see, you know, thereby a decrease in gas and bloating, less food intolerance, all of the things. Yes, so I think a tool for digestion, a tool for
2: blood sugar regulation and diabetes, we could even extend that into the whole cardiometabolic world with some of those favorable lipid changes a great impact on liver health and then that antimicrobial or dysbiosis regulation, which even can extend into combating yeast in the body. Okay.
1: Um, you mentioned does apple cider vinegar break a fast? So let's hit that. And then I want to talk about the like gummies and the capsules and the trendy stuff.
2: Yes. So no, actually, I think that doing an apple cider vinegar shooter, yes, there are some slight grams of carbohydrate, but less than one really, if you're doing your two tablespoons of your ACV with the two tablespoon of water, which is how I'd recommend as a kind of therapeutic use. We'll talk recipe options down the line. Uh, But if doing an ACV shooter, I think doing this still to start your day is actually going to rev up your metabolism. It will kick in some of that satiety, which could support your fasting now some people though I will say depending on again the impact of your digestion and especially if you are someone prone towards ulcerations some people with that, uh, stimulation of digestive process, you'll get, everyone should get some kind of pooling of saliva, uh, after they take a shooter. And for some that'll be just fine. And that'll rev up their metabolism and they can still make it another four hours without food, but others might find that that provokes appetite or readiness to eat. So I would say I would listen to your body on that. Um, but mechanistically, I'm not worried about a disruptive blood sugar spike or crash or that influencing markers such as mTOR, you know, or of course, influencing unfavorably some of the influence of autophagy and fasting benefits that we're looking for. In fact, again, it can enhance satiety and body fat burn, as well as especially if you have a fasting blood sugar that's been elevated, it could bring that blood sugar down. Sure.
1: All right. Um, Let's get into the gummies. Um, So one that I pulled a label in for us to kind of look at is called goalie ACV gummies. Um, and I've had several clients come in on these gummies. I think they're becoming like more and more Mm. popular. There's a million different versions of them. Um, but each time I'm like, okay, let's, you know, look at the label. And each time I end up taking that client off of that and just suggesting like, Hey, let's just do an apple cider vinegar (laughs) shooter. And, or, you know, maybe they want to add on some additional digestive enzyme support with our digested product. Um, But... We just see a lot of unnecessary carbs in these products. No doubt. And, you know, this particular brand is
2: actually dominant in cane sugar and tapioca syrup, uh, six to one ratio of sugar concentration to actually volume of the apple cider vinegar. Mm. So it's really a sugar gummy and it's candy, and that's why you like eating it. But that health halo is really not enough to support the price or even you having it daily. There's actually some harmful concern, especially if listeners or users are MTHFR that gene that influences methylation in the body because they use the synthetic form of folate. They use folic acid, and then they also have the synthetic form of B12, cyanocobalamin, instead of that methylfolate or methylcobalamin. So if we get high amounts of these synthetic nutrients and we are MTHFR, we have that genetic SNP where we aren't able to methylate, this can actually bombard or build up in the body and disrupt other methylation processes, which can influence neurological health, hormone health, oxidative
1: stress, and so much more. Yes. Um, and then my other concern with the gummies, and I guess we might as well get into it with the capsules as well, is um, I don't believe you're going to retain the probiotic benefits no. <laughs> um, in that processing of of you know, a gummy or a capsule. Um, And then you also don't get that kind of immediate bile driving effect, right? Like the capsule is gonna need to be broken down in the stomach the gummy, you know, that any taste of apple cider vinegar is going to be masked by sugar. I imagine I've never tried them, but I don't think they're going to be particularly, you know, acidic. Um, So you're not getting that bile rev. And then I would question how much is actually getting delivered, you know, even to the stomach where it's going to have the digestive impact
2: yes and then again so you're losing the influence of the live active no enzyme impact no probiotic impact and then even the dosage that we would require for some of these beneficial outcomes would be quite inhibitive when you look at the cost of the product and/or again, quite disturbing to blood sugar. Now, doing apple cider vinegar gummies would break your fast, I would argue. Yeah. As opposed to I doing so. the shooter. Uh, and and just to note, you know, if if looking for digestive support, like you said, Becky, our digest aid enzyme for that reason actually has ox bile in there. Because like you said, once you hit that gastric pouch of the stomach, once you've swallowed a pill, you're not gonna be able to often stimulate more bile flow. And so we strategically actually have hydrochloric acid in our product. And ox bile in our product, plus a suite of active enzymes to help you to break down food particles. So if looking for a capsule counterpart, you're much better actually writing off the concept of apple cider vinegar and just going for our digest aid or a quality comprehensive digestive enzyme supplement that has that HCL
1: and bile in there. Yep. Um, and there's not a lot of research on the gummies or the capsules cause it's a pretty new thing. Um, but there was one study that showed that I'll link in the show notes that the capsules were not as effective as liquid apple cider vinegar for reducing post meal glucose excursion. So blood sugar spikes.
2: Yes. And when we're talking about a cost comparison, we know that these bottles of capsules and gummies come at anywhere between 20 to 40 plus dollars. And many of them require multiple servings to actually get an effective or questionably effective, I should say, dosage. Whereas a bottle of like Bragg's Organic Unfiltered, unpasteurized with the mother. So kind of gold standard apple cider vinegar is about $8 for a 32 ounce bottle, which would last you beyond a month and a half or
1: three months really, even with a daily dose. Plus you could use it in so many other applications in the household. I just Mm -hmm. feel like having a bottle of Bragg's is such a a staple and you could use it for your shooter, but then so many other ways. I feel like I have like three always. Me
0: too.
2: (laughs) In fact, I even keep one in my kitchen under my sink because I'll use
1: vinegar as a cleaning tool as a diluted option as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned that kind of one to one ratio, but let's just reiterate how exactly to do a shooter when to do it. And then let's talk about other ways to, um, include apple cider vinegar in the diet. Yes.
2: So a shooter, if you will, is often going to be a one-to-one ratio of the Bragg's apple cider vinegar with water. You could in the beginning, if you're new to this concept, you could do a two to one water dilution, but I don't want you to dilute it so much that you're sipping on it with multiple sips. The reason why I'm calling it a shooter is I want you to take it like a shot, throw it back, get it past the enamel of your teeth, because that would be the other consideration of negative of ACV. One would be, again, if you had active ulcerations in your digestive tract and the secondary one would be teeth enamel uh, degradation or wearing down teeth enamel. So I don't want you sipping on a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in a pint of water, for instance, where that's constantly being exposed to your teeth and be mindful because they do have some of those beverages yes, on the market, like ACV, and tonics. Like that. Yeah. Yes. So much bigger proponent to make sure that it's concentrated and it's thrown back and then work your way up to a one-to-one one ratio and then you might even be able to get to a point where you do two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar with one tablespoon of water. But either way, we're keeping that, you know, at around a three to four ounce total amount of liquid that we take rapidly as one gulp down the hatch. And so that 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 does travel quickly through the esophagus right into that gastric pouch of the stomach, where it can stimulate the bile flow, activate the enzymes with
1: probacteria and do all of its magic. Yes. And if you were gonna eat, um, I'd say like 10 to 15 minutes before a meal, similar to how we would have you ideally take our digested so that it has a little bit of, time to rev things up before food hits your belly. Totally. And I would think of as far as just like a digest
2: aid, the meals that need more support being those that are very dense in protein. Mm -hmm. So this is something like a steak um, or concentrated muscle meat that maybe hasn't been mechanically broken down. So maybe not like a ground, um, but something that's uh, maybe like a a short rib or something like that, higher fatty or higher dense proteins, as well as a lot of roughage. Mm -hmm. Um, So if using a lot of raw in a salad or a slaw or something that's just high vegetable fiber, this could help to reduce that bloating. And you could take an ACV shooter if you are fasting and you want to extend even further, but be mindful again, if it causes nausea or hunger that
1: you'd want to do it more about 10 to 15 minutes prior to meals. Yep. Um, So yeah, you mentioned the salads and slaws. I think that's a good application too, to actually just use an apple cider vinegar, dressing. So maybe let's talk about some of the ways that we use this as like a kitchen staple as well.
2: Yes. So every time I'm doing a salad dressing, I do about a 1 to 1 ratio of acid and fat. Uh, and I love to use my ball jars as easy, just countertop measuring, eyeballing it kind of thing. Uh, so I would probably add like two ounces of olive oil and then based on apple cider vinegar being quite astringent and acidic, I would probably do about half of the apple cider vinegar and half of a more gentle acid, Mm -hmm. or I might just go a little bit lower on my ratio and maybe use like two and a half ounces of olive oil with one and a half ounces. of apple cider vinegar. I'm usually gonna pair in, of course, fresh herb seasonings and spices. So maybe I'll chop in oregano, basil, thyme for my garden. Uh, A little bit of honey tends to go very far and good emulsifier. So that's gonna help to create a better mouthfeel. And then I find mustard also goes really well uh, in an apple cider vinegar salad dressing. So those ingredients in combo work really beautiful. You could uh, crush a clove of garlic if you'd like. And uh, we'll put that in uh, the show notes as just a basic apple cider vinegar salad dressing. So beyond just a standard vinegar like a balsamic or champagne vinegar or red wine vinegar, you're actually getting, again, that live active benefit of the enzymes and probiotics that you wouldn't get from the counterparts of those grape-derived Uh,
1: products because they're often going to be pasteurized and filtered. Yeah, totally. Um, And then we also always have it on hand to use in making bone broth. Yes. Um, So a tablespoon or two into your bone broth recipe is going to help to leach a lot of the vital nutrients from the bones, right? Yep. Yeah,
2: so we'll get a lot more nutrient density in our broth, a lot more of that gelatinous outcome. And it does kind of simmer out. So won't add acidity or right. sourness to your bone broth. But especially I find in my beef bone broth, that being really essential to
1: be able to get into the knuckle, et yeah, cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then using it in various fermentations. Um, so I know I do a lot of quick pickles with apple cider vinegar, um, whether it's, you know, cucumbers. I think we do actually have a recipe for quick pickled carrots on the blog and red onion to link. Yeah. Yes.
2: We have a quick pickled red onion recipe as well, which just has like black peppercorn. And again, it's one of the best ways to add nutrient density
1: and ease the absorption of the nutrients from the food that you're pickling. Yes. Totally. Um, so really any fermentation or anything you want to ferment. I know I've done okra that way too. Um, it also can be helpful in like deglazing or pan or if I were, I'm thinking about like cooking okra to kind of cut some of the sliminess Mm -hmm. in there. Um, So I'll often just use a a quick little splash in that kind of application too.
2: Acid is always a great way to brighten up a dish, but what's lovely about heating application of the apple cider vinegar, now you're gonna lose out on some of the probiotic and enzyme, but when you're deglazing, there is some of the cooking down if you're low heat simmering that apple cider vinegar, which creates a little bit of that glycosylation or that caramelization mm-hmm. and, and, uh, kind of syruping, yep. uh, which is fun in a cooking application, especially if it's on a roasted veg or a sauteed
1: vegetable. Yep. And even further would apply to meats. I'm thinking like a pork chop with an apple cider vinegar or brine or Ooh, yeah. marinade. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Byron uses it a lot in marinades when he's like grilling and smoking things and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I, I use it in my there turkey there brine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, uh, you know, using it salad, slaw, topping it on top of your food would be reasonable to do a couple, a tablespoon probably would be reasonable to throw into any dish, especially something that's dominant in raw veg that could use a little bit of that enzyme activation. Let's talk a little bit, Becky, as we're heading into fall and back to school and Maybe not the bubonic plague per se, as is rumored that the master tonic has been able to eradicate, but who knows what's coming at us next in the world of immune health. And most definitely, as you mentioned, norovirus and other uh, continually circulating yuck that goes around master tonic uh we will link the youtube video but let's just talk a little bit about how to make this what other ingredients are in it and how this could be
1: used as a medicine cabinet staple yeah this is your psa to like make your master tonic now before Mm -hmm. all that yucky stuff hits um, I'm hearing rumors of like worse COVID variants yep. and you know, it's an election year. So we, who knows what's coming at us? Um, but anyway, um, just for general preventative health, now's a good time. Cause this does take about two weeks on the countertop to ferment. Um, but master tonic is basically this immune boosting tonic, if you will, that we use like all of the antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal um, herbs and onions and garlic, Um, spicy peppers. We're using like, you know, 10 cloves of fresh garlic and we chop and smash that so that we can release some of those compounds, the allicin compounds. Um, We use chopped onion in there. We use fresh ginger, horseradish, and then, you know, cayenne peppers or serrano or habanero or like the spiciest peppers that you're able to find seasonally mm-hmm. um and basically chop all of that up um I like to do it in the food processor just because these compounds are all quite volatile like I always say this could kill just about anything <laughs> in um, the YouTube video yeah. we wear safety goggles yes, and, and I'm just gloves frying the whole time still um yeah um so doing it in your food processor at least keeps it in contained in there in terms of like the volatility, volatility. but then when you open that, you kind of want to stand back a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, but I chop everything in there and then I put it in, you know, a Mason jar filled three quarters of the way. And I'm adding on top of that, a whole bunch of Bragg's apple cider vinegar, shake it up, um, and then leave it on your counter for at least two weeks before filtering. Yes. So
2: like Becky said, this is your public service announcement to make the master tonic. This season, and I'll share with you guys on social media, I'm going to do one batch where I omit the horseradish or maybe I'll half the horseradish and omit omit the spicy peppers uh, so that Stella has one as well, because I know she would do just fine with the garlic Mm -hmm. and the onion and the ginger and maybe half of the horseradish. Uh, She's been such a champ with any supplement intervention or food as medicine tool. In fact, she's quite an amazing advocate where you know, if she's got a scratchy throat, she'll be like, mama... I need some of the herbal ginger syrup and some of the elderberry plus please. And then we'll be like, "Okay, even though we brushed our teeth, let's go and get, you know, a couple teaspoons of each and, you know, maybe we'll gargle with some salt water as well." Uh so I think adding this in as a food as medicine support for her will be lovely and as we're talking immune season support also wanting to share that we did come out with a new bundle uh, and this bundle is kind of more of your seasonal staples if you will or what you need to stock in your medicine cabinet and this includes as I mentioned our herbal ginger syrup which is a fantastic natural cough syrup uh, it has organic ginger in there it has honey it has lovage and also some wild cherry bark so it's an expectorant it's very soothing and anti-inflammatory, but it also has some cough suppressant effects. Uh, So that's a really beautiful option. Uh, as we've discussed a year ago, I guess, uh, a lot of the over the counter cough syrups or like Tylenol, children's cold, and flu have harmful ingredients, not just the food colorants and the additives and the sorbitol, which can drive leaky gut and all sorts of gunk, but there are stimulating ingredients that they use as cough suppressants that actually can drive a regular heartbeat and can even influence psychosis or uh, mental episodes, behavioral episodes. So always best to work with nature's medicine cabinet of things that are proven to be effective, but also safe. I think that those are equally important elements when we're looking at helping our children get through cold and flu season and, and viral anything season. So you want to use maybe a little bit Bucky on the other two products in that bundle. So it's the herbal ginger syrup the
1: elderberry plus and the GI immune builder. And then I'll hit the final one. Yep. Um, so elderberry plus is a combination of obviously elderberry. um, but it also has astragalus in there for immune boosting properties as well as several medicinal mushrooms. Um, so it makes it a little less like pretty purpley than some of the elderberries we've seen out there. Um, but those mushrooms are actually going to have some immune modulating effects where they can help to kind of turn things up if we need a little bit more of kind of our immune system on guard or turn things down if we're seeing a hyper or overactive response. And it tastes really good. Noah really Mm -hmm. likes that one. He's like, give me the purple one. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, That that ginger one's a little spicy. um, And so I'll sometimes mix some like extra honey in there or I'll actually combine the two um, and put it in a bite of like yogurt that he really likes um, or something like that just to like, get it, you know, in there. Um, And then also um, that bundle is going to contain the GI Immune Builder, which is a powder. It's a dairy-free immunoglobulin supplement. So we're always talking about the immunoglobulin boosting impact of grass-fed whey. This is a way to get those immunoglobulins even more concentrated. And I think about this as really important for pretty much all of the littles that are going... (laughs) to school um i think about it as i reflect back on like my pregnancy with mabel i wish i had been taking this um, yeah during that time um because it's going to help our immune system to respond appropriately to um really any pathogen or threat um also has impact of helping to clear um GI pathogens, so if we are seeing, you know, candida or a gut infection or maybe post foodborne illness um kind of helping to clean some of that stuff up. I've even been using it with several clients who are dealing with mold toxicity um, and support of you know gut lining integrity and just kind of turning things up a little bit in terms of the immune response.
2: Yes. So little sidebar there, but as I was thinking about Master Tonic, maybe not being a fit (laughs) for children's medicine cabinet, I wanted to make sure that you mamas or papas or whoever's listening, uh, that you have the appropriate tools to get your kiddos through cold flu viral season. So you can check out that bundle. We'll put that in here as well. And then, you know, you can absolutely use apple cider vinegar in some of the recipe applications for the kiddos. Maybe not a shooter for them just yet, uh, but absolutely in your salad dressings and in your ferments, etc. cetera. I want to, as we bring this episode to a close, talk about also some of the topical benefits of apple cider vinegar. So we do know that apple cider vinegar can balance out the pH of our skin. So it's even used in like toner
1: products now. Yeah, I, I have one that has some in it. I think it's from Primally Pure. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure you could just do a dilution of water yep. and ACV
2: to do a really cheap uh, you know, sure. toner for sure. Um, or using it like on cotton swabs as a little bit of a dilute uh, exfoliant. Uh, So it can be used as exfoliation. It can actually reduce hyperpigmentation. So something to consider, especially like postpartum, if we had any of the changes hormonally that occurred, darkness in the skin, um, or even those dealing with rosacea could play with this as well. Uh, And then it plays a role with stimulating circulation. Um, So could even be used as we talked about to support in open wound with that antimicrobial and circulative support. But I even recall it also, beyond antifungal effect, having antiviral effect. And I recall it being used uh, for individuals for warts. So topical to soak a cotton swab in apple cider vinegar and then place that on the wart and then keep that dark and uh, um, airtight would be
1: key to be able to kill off viral warts super interesting stuff. And then I'm thinking like bug bites. That's one application that I'll often use it, um, for especially fire ants. Um, Mm -hmm. I, we had them in our driveway for a while. And so luckily no one ever got into them. Um, but I did like, while I was on the phone with FaceTiming someone, um, started screaming, um, but grabbed my bottle of apple cider vinegar. And in that instance, I did not dilute or think to just kind of poured it on there. And it really did help to, soothe and calm and take out some of that initial sting um but bug bites insects stings um you can mix it with a little bit of like bentonite clay as Mm -hmm. well to create more of like a drawing salve um, Mm -hmm. for a bite um also have used it topically on like you know mystery itchy rashes and things and it really does help to kind of take the itch out
2: And it is anti-inflammatory. There was a study in 2019 that concluded using three to four cups of apple cider vinegar to a half of a bath of water, so about 20 gallons of water, was able to prevent irritation and inflammation due to the chemicals found in municipal tap water. So, you know, beyond even changing your filtration of your household, adding some ACV to the bath, especially if your kiddo is dealing with eczema Mm -hmm. or any form of skin irritation,
1: this could be another topical use of benefit. Super interesting stuff. I recall... I think doing that for like a really bad sunburn too. I don't know if you yeah. can across that. Yeah, well, I guess on. the inflammation again. Sunburn, you wouldn't want to do just pure, again, apple cider vinegar. Um, but I often will use like my toner if I get a little bit of sun that has it, apple cider vinegar in it. Um, or yeah, doing that in the bath in a, a dilute, I think could work nicely.
2: Yes. So that combo of that acetic and malic acid has such a multitude of benefits. Again, when you're selecting your apple cider vinegar product, make sure it's unfiltered or has the mother and is raw to get those added benefits of the enzymes and the probiotics. I hope that this episode inspires you to pull out that bottle of brags from the back of your refrigerator and keep it more present into your daily routine. And as always, if you learn something in today's episode, go on over to wherever you're listening, whether that is Google Play or Spotify or iTunes, and leave us a five-star review with how you love The Naturally Nourished Podcast and something
0: that you learned. Thank you for listening to The Naturally Nourished Podcast.